you know, history is so, so mass. I mean, it's almost like a gold mine, right? So it, it's never ending. So there's, there's so many stories to tell, so many stories, so little time. Jermaine Fowler is a public educator and historical storyteller, and his passion is undeniable. Jermaine explores society, culture, biographies, and politics through a historical lens and shares his learnings through a variety of mediums, most recently, his podcast, The Humanity Archive. Welcome to The Safe Haven, a space for stories to be shared about the lights and darks, highs and lows of life. I came across Jermaine's page after my time with Letty Shoemate, my guest from June 22nd. Letty and Jermaine have a shared interest and passion for history and connecting the dots, bringing knowledge forward and making it available for the education of others. In this conversation, Jermaine shares his journey into the podcast world and how he was called the professor by his friends when he was a kid. We talk about his trait of being a lifelong learner and how that has brought him into sharing his love of history with others. Among other things, we talk about finding balance in the world that we live in, the origin of the Humanity Archive, and the importance of emotional awareness and emotional and self-regulation in schools. We start our conversation with looking at career path. Let's jump in. I think for me, uh, a starting point would be just this intersection in in my life where I realized that... uh, I wasn't really doing quite what I wanted to be doing. I bought into an idea that uh, career and uh, education had to be tied to career and making money, right? So I was raised in an era, I think, and a lot of people can probably relate to this, where um, especially in the Black community where, like, you know, a lot of family members didn't really have the opportunities to go to college. So it's like college is the end-all, be-all. You have to go to school. Like, this is not an option, like, and um, this is going to uh, tie you into an upper mobility to be able to rise up out of, out of uh, you know, certain situations that, that I was uh, raised in. So I bought into that. And ultimately, when I went to college, it wasn't really for my passion. It was for more career, more business. I went to school for business um, and it was tied to just trying to get a job, you know, in, in marketing. Mm. So when I kind of started getting older, had a family and everything like that, I, I started to realize like, this isn't really my calling, right? This isn't what I really wanted to do. So um, on, on the bright side, we're in an era now where you have the internet, you have these platforms where you can uh, broadcast yourself. Um, you don't have to work for a TV network. You don't have to work for a radio station. And um, I was like, wow, well, I've always had this passion for education. I've always had this passion for history. I've always had this passion for knowledge and sharing knowledge. And here's my opportunity right here to be able to put that forward. So, um, you know, this is an interest for me, this history, this humanity archive that I've had since a kid. They used to call me the professor when I was a kid because I'd (laughs) walk around with my dad's briefcase. Um, Both of my parents were educators. So I think that sparked a a great interest in me for education and learning. and just these intellectual adventures that I'd always go on reading books voraciously as a kid. Um, and I think just this, this point in my life, I guess I would call it a cathartic moment where I just realized like I could really make an attempt to put this out there and all that coalesced into what is now the humanity archive, what I call a, a love of history, a sharing of wisdom, and also tying that into critical conversations where we uh, look at the world and actually try to be critical about what's going on in the world. Um, 
you know, how different forces act on people and how they've acted on people in history. Not only that, but um, looking back for those examples in history of people who, uh, you know, stood up for something bigger than themselves, who fought for justice, who fought for equality. Those are usually the stories that I seek to tell uh, on the Humanity Archive. Mm -hmm. So here I am. Uh, 2020 was the year I really was like, I really want to put this forward. I really want to lean all the way into this and really try to push it uh, and, and put myself out there, put my full heart into it, my full soul into it. And um, in six months, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by the reception, by the, the growth uh, where I am now. I, I figured I'd probably be like next year, just as far as like getting media attention, um, a lot of great relationships. Um, you mentioned me uh, going live, for instance, with somebody like a, a, a lady. Um, just being able to have these dialogues and these fantastic conversations with other people um, who have some similar interests. So it's it's been amazing so far. Yeah. And congrats on the success of this podcast that you've got because it's it's really interesting. And I love that you've mentioned even the success that comes with it and how quickly it happened. Because I think that that proves that there is such a hunger for new knowledge and new learning, mm -hmm. which is a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think... Uh, People are hungry and they're thirsty for for knowledge ultimately, and um, I think there's been a sort of a starvation, so to speak, because of the knowledge that people are getting. I don't think is is fulfilling. It's not nutritious. You know, you get the same narratives, especially when it comes to history. You get, you know, the the, the same perspectives. People who are looking at it from this vantage point, and I think people, especially now with the awarenesses that are happening around the world, um, you know, with protest with the things that are going on, I think we see an awareness of, uh, of people like digging deep and saying like, I've always wanted to know these things. So now I'm actually going to take action and go after it. So I think uh, I've definitely just happened to be um, at, at a place right now where um, what I'm doing is being valued more by, by a wider audience. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be here and be in a position to be able to kind of share it. Mm -hmm. I love that you just emphasized that certain stories, certain perspectives are shared. And that has mm -hmm. been such a learning, like you said, around the world right now with how much of history has been shaped around the white man mm -hmm. and how much black history has been erased or avoided or not shared. Absolutely. Unbelievable. I mean, I've even been blown away the way that I've taken the deep dive into listening to your podcast or to Letty's. And I find it, I could honestly just sit there and listen to them. I just, I sit comfortably or I just drove across Canada. So that was another thing where I had hours to just binge. But here's this connection to being a podcaster. I know how much work goes in to these episodes. Like I know that when you're not getting paid for this stuff and you're putting your heart entirely into your content, mm -hmm. I'm super curious on how you do your research. How do you do your research? Where do you go for your information and the content? I always like to say that, uh, you know, I went to school, graduated school, but I, I learned most of what I learned from the free public library. Like I used to basically live in the library and just browse because I think for me, um, school was very much prescriptive, but the library, I could just go in there and just seek and search out whatever I wanted and mm. just have open access to knowledge. Uh, so it started there. It started from from a youth, you know, going in the library. But ultimately, that's that's one of the main places I go. I mean, Whenever I do a podcast, uh, say if it's on a historical figure, um, say, for instance, I did one on Ida B. Wells, you know, I, I start at the library um, and I probably have like 10 books that I that I went to uh, just try to have a well-rounded um, perception and awareness of what she did, where she was from, her experience uh, and what she fought for. So mm. also reading articles online. Um, 
one thing I'm a huge advocate for is, is more open access to knowledge because, you know, for somebody who wants to dig deeper, a lot of knowledge is blocked by paywalls, by, uh, you know, academic institutions to where if you want to, to find research papers or, or more information that's blocked. So that's something I'm an advocate for, just like opening that up so that people can have more access. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I'm going to all corners that I can for, for the fullest and, and widest range of knowledge that I can on the subject. So, uh, I, yeah, I've, I've go through a lot of information. And yeah. like you said, it doesn't work. But I think it's a, it's a labor of love too, because mm -hmm. I think there's an aspect to what we do where you have to be self-giving. You know, you have to pour yourself out. It's kind of like in a musician when they go on stage and when they come off, they're, they're almost ready to break down. They're sweating profusely because they've given everything that they had mm -hmm. on the stage. So that's kind of how I try to look at this creative process. Like, of course, I'd like to make a living out of this. I'm not making a living out of this myself at this point either, but it's not really about that. You know, I've already tried that route with the career and careerism and tied to uh, money and, and going to school for money. But this is just a whole self-giving and that's the fulfillment in it right there is just putting my my whole being, my whole intellect, my whole self out there to uh, give people the most compelling stories I can mm -hmm. and make it entertaining to hook people in, but also just kind of hit them with that that education as well and yeah. hope that it kind of wakes people up. My gosh, can I feel that everything that you just said about just pouring your heart into it. And it's just being heart work because if we weren't as passionate as we are about these projects, like we wouldn't do it. Right. Absolutely. I actually find that there's a balance of, it's like self care for me mm -hmm. because I'm so passionate about it. And because I see what it's doing and the way that it's connecting people. And like you said, in so many ways, your podcast is also starting crucial conversations, right? It's helping people feel less alone. It's delivering knowledge in a really palatable way. Absolutely. Okay. So next question that just kind of came to my mind is when you're doing this, what do you find inspires you most? Like what do you want to deep dive most into or does it change? What influences that? Um, I think just for me, like being a lifelong learner, I've always had these stories that I wanted to hear more of. You know, I've always wanted to hear the different perspective on, say, for instance, women's suffrage. Like I'm going to be doing that next month. So we have gotten a lot of the uh, perspectives in school, you know, that they're kind of like this main narrative, but I wanted to kind of take it from the angle, like, you know, where were black women in the women's women's suffrage movement? Um, and not only that, just how, how was that whole interaction, you know, and what's that perspective? Um, you know, I did an episode on Socrates and this is somebody that's influenced me as far as, you know, uh, the unexamined life is not worth living, but I wanted to take it from a perspective of questioning injustice and how Socrates did that in that ancient Greek tradition. So I think I've got, I've got this massive amount of ideas already floating around in my head, but then sometimes I'll take those ideas and try to apply them to the present. Again, uh, you know, this is the 100th anniversary of women's suffrage, so I, I noticed that. and was like, okay, this is a perfect time to kind of put this content out there. Or, um, you know, uh, Ida B. Wells, she had won a Pulitzer during the time that I put her episode out. So, I, I mean, I already had her in mind as an untold story of history and somebody that I thought should be a household name, right? Who wasn't a household name, but mm -hmm. then, you know, just, just looking for those right moments to, to bring those stories out. But, uh, you know, history is so, so mass. I mean, it's almost like a gold mine, right? So it, it's never ending. So there's, there's so many stories to tell so many stories, so little time. Yes. Um, you know, there's <laughs> so much, you know, that I could, that I could tell, you know, I could plan out content for the next 10 years and oh still have so much more. I know. Where did the idea of the Humanity Archive or even the name and the branding for it, where did that all stem? 
Yeah, yeah, the Humanity Archive. Well, uh, I mean, humanity um, comes from the word humando. It means a bearing. So for me, um, I think there's this deep idea, and I'm about to go a little deep here, but to, to bury means a death, right? And I think ultimately, I mean, we, we kind of have to die daily, die to our old beliefs, die to um, those ideas that aren't doing us any good, die uh, to things that aren't aren't useful to us. So I think humanity and human and, and just that we all have that in common, you know, we're born and we're going to die. And uh, just dealing with that pain and dealing with those tragic stories, even though they may be hard, ultimately can bring us together. So that's why I choose a lot of the stories that I do choose. Some of those harder histories, not sugarcoating history, mm. um, trying to tell those stories that are going to uh, foster a sense of empathy and sympathy and humanity. And I just keep going back to that word humanity because also I believe in this whole idea of the, the human brotherhood, the human sisterhood, you know, anyone within this human family coming together through our stories. I know that anthropologists say that like of all the cultures they've ever studied throughout all of human history, the one thing that we have in common is storytelling. Mm. So I think there's definitely something to that. And, um, you know, what is history, but, you know, a series of stories, a series of biographies that, that you know, are going to uh, each and every one of us, right? So that is the idea behind the Humanity Archive and the, and the brand of the Humanity Archives is archiving uh, our stories as human beings. Mm. Super cool. That's super neat. You mentioned earlier a little bit about media attention. So ultimately, if you look at the last six months and this project and how it's been exploding, the media attention, has that been super welcomed or has it been overwhelming? What's that experience been like? It's definitely been welcomed because, uh, you know, if a tree falls in a forest and no one hears it, it doesn't make a sound, right? So yeah. whenever you're first starting out or I, when I was first starting out with the podcast and, you know, you're doing that uh, thing I was talking about as far as just put, pouring yourself into it and, you know, you might only have three people uh, interacting with you or engaging with you, Um so I think the whole idea is to grow it, to, to grow it more and more and just get it in front of as wide of an audience as possible, you know, because I'm so passionate about it. And I think it's so important that I think it, I mean, if I could get in every ear, every household, every speaker, every earbud, that is the ultimate goal. So the media attention is is overly welcome. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be able to share these stories and, and share the Humanity Archive with uh, any media that, that comes my way and wants to, to hear about the story and share the story. Something that I feel to my core is that any project with really well-rounded, beautiful values that is driven from the heart first, and that is not only heart driven, but is just created to serve in some way mm -hmm. is going to be successful. It's going to explode because it's so real, it's so genuine, and it's so full of love and passion that it's, it's, it's going to be successful. That's a beautiful thought. It's a beautiful thought. And that's why I feel like this is going to continue exploding for you because it's clear that you're so heart-driven with what you're doing and that it's coming from, yeah, the center of your being. Yeah, sometimes I, I, I hear other people, and, you know, I talk to a lot of people who podcast who are creatives and, you know, who have varying uh, sizes of audiences and, and, uh, get different opportunities, some making a living, some not, but the ones who are more successful, you know, I always like to, I always wonder, right? Like what point was it for you that kind of, uh, blew you up or what point did you hit that tipping point? And a lot of people always do say it's like they, they don't 
quite know there's no formula you know it's just like you said it's like they just keep putting themselves out there they keep uh, bringing forth their passion their enjoyment of what they're doing and uh it just clicks at some point you never know when that moment's going to be but um you know at some point that things just click together uh if you just keep doing what you're invested in and what you're passionate about yeah so then that leads me to my question about 2020 because holy shit <laughs> 2020 has been a ride Absolutely. In so many different ways. I mean, there's not even one particular thing. Like there's so many. And what a transformative year for so many different people. This is a super open-ended question for a reason. In what ways has 2020 been the most transformative for you personally? Well, whenever I first went into this venture uh, and said that I really want to put my full self into the humanity archive and really try to, to put my best foot forward with it. I never could have imagined all of the, uh, the pandemic and, you know, the, the protest and the, uh, just the, the civil unrest and the, uh, you know, the health unrest, uh, as far as the coronavirus happening. Um, it, it's been transformative in the way that I think that my gratitude has grown, my appreciation for, connections like this, even though they don't have to be in person, you know, I've, I've connected probably with more people that I, that I may have connected with. And this is uh, coming from me who's I had different speaking opportunities and different uh, in-person things that were literally about to manifest mm. before all this happened. That just kind of like went to a standstill, of mm-hmm. course, you know, when the pandemic hit, but I think it's been a, uh, it's really proven to me that the, the spirit of adaptability uh, of myself and of a lot of people that I see who've, who've been able to take this and kind of still try to just just move forward and just kind of use the internet to to connect with people and tell stories and uh, you know push their ventures forward. So I'm definitely glad that we have been able to adapt through this, and I think you know that that just real resilience and tenacity and adaptability is something that uh, you know I, I really appreciate uh, with all this happening. So I always try my best to take the the hopeful route, you know, instead of um, being pessimistic about it um, and think about the missed opportunities and things like that, that I did have with the in-person things that I had going on, but take it and say, okay, uh, what, what have I done? Well, I've adapted. I've still been able to get some things going with this. So just try to live in gratitude for, for those things. Mm, thank you for sharing that. I think that the, I've had a lot of conversations around this recently about the difference between the scarcity mindset and the abundance mindset. Mm-hmm. And this kind of comes back to the appreciation of of things that have happened in which you've been able to grow through or grow from. And this, you're absolutely right. That's a perfect example of something that you've had to adapt to, mm-hmm. right? Wow. Ab- absolutely. Do you plan, I mean, you had, you've had Letty on, you had Letty on as a live. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So interesting. So Letty Shoemate um, is a guest or has been a guest on my podcast and was a guest on yours or alive for you as well. How do you find that you network online? Do you kind of seek for people or based on common interests or just people that are completely different that would bring something different to your platform? How do you navigate that? I think for me, uh, and, and believe it or not, I'm an introvert, right? Like I, I, uh, I'm really into the books, really intellectual. So uh, this has been another part of my journey is just breaking out of, uh, you know, an inner shell because I, I very much live a life of the mind. I always say I could like be sitting there perfectly still and I'll have like an amusement park going on in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me to um, really try to balance my my opposites within myself as far as like that introversion 
and knowing that in order for this to be successful, that I have to put myself out there was just one aspect of it that uh, has been a, a, a point of personal growth for me. Um, and then live, you know, I was like, oh man, live, I'm really putting myself out there. Now there's no editing, there's no turning backward, there's no uh, erasing or any of that. So that's something that I actually did just to challenge myself to say, okay, you know, this is something that I really want to lean into is just kind of a, a point of growth for, for my own self. So um, I definitely reach out to people who have some similar um, ideas. You know, I'm not really uh, going live with people to have any points of contention, so to speak, or to, to debate, so to speak. It's more people who uh, may be doing something similar or mm-hmm. who have said something that resonates with me um, that, that I try to talk to and just kind of uh, pick their brains and, and put my own thoughts forth and just try to have this organic conversation kind of like we're having right now, mm-hmm. just in a live format as a way to kind of kind of challenge myself and, and put myself out there more and get my my community and fan base to kind of see a different side of me, a more organic side, a more uh, free thought side and not so uh, edited like the podcast and then yeah. put together, right? Just something a little more free flowing. So it's, it's been pretty great so far. I've got a couple more lined up coming up soon. So That's great. I think that that's something that people are connecting to so much right now is because the lockdown and physical distancing from other human beings right now and just trying to look after our mental and emotional and physical health more than ever, I think that connection, genuine connection, real deep connection is something that people have been lacking. So I love that and I admire that so much that you've put yourself out there in a way to do those lives because there's no backspace button there, right? There's no like copy, edit, paste, delete kind of thing. Right. So, but that's what people gravitate to. That's what I'm finding is that people are so connected to the authenticity that comes forward when someone is being themselves, Mm -hmm. not a curated version of themselves at all. They're just being themselves. So good on you for stepping into that though, because it does put you in a vulnerable place. Absolutely. And that's even something that I find that is, is hard to, navigate. I mean, when you're trying to think of as, as a, someone who has a platform and a podcast is trying to figure out how you want to present yourself, but people find it very quickly that if you're presenting yourself in a way that isn't truly who you are, oh, mm-hmm. it's so easy to see. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is uh, like looking through glass, right? I mean, cause yeah. people put on airs and, and you can be fake, but mm-hmm. I mean, eventually that, that always gets exposed, right? We see it all the time with celebrity and, uh, you know, you definitely have to put yourself out there. I, I love that just whole, I love that whole idea of just putting yourself out there, right? Because it insinuates it, like you said, you do have to be vulnerable. You do have to uh, open yourself up to criticism, right? You have to open yourself up to um, all sorts of things. But ultimately, I think at the end of it all, you, it can bring you a more balanced view of yourself because, of course, you don't want to take uh, any positive re- reviews too positively and you don't want to take any negative too negative so yeah. I think that definitely serves to bring a little bit of a balance in, uh, for those who are willing to do that mm-hmm. I just thought of something about limiting beliefs limiting beliefs and narratives they are so freaking loaded limiting beliefs are real narratives are real the things that we repeat to ourselves both verbally and just within our minds it, it affects us so deeply so I'm super curious about any limiting beliefs that you hold about your own success or whether that's past present future things that you might be working through at the moment I think the, a lot of things I, I've worked through um it, that I may not hold so much right now but you know there's definitely been points in my life where I had to um practice what psychologists call positive self-talk where you know you're mm-hmm. taking 
uh, a way that you view yourself and you look at yourself and then you're kind of um, trying to flip that and, and flip that inner dialogue to be something more positive, right? So, you know, there's definitely been dialogue again with the introversion that I talked about before. It's like, can I do this? Do I really want to put myself out there? You know, uh, what is it going to sound like? And kind of more of those things that veer into the negative um, and then shift those more to the positive, like, I can do this. You know, I am a great speaker. I am someone who can uh, bring knowledge and, and intellect to bear in a way that's impactful for people. Uh, you know, uh, I have a strength to, to bring to the world. So um, there's definitely been a lot of that back and forth that kind of what I like to call a internal civil war. I think that we all fight every single day you know, where we um, and it can be this. This goes really deep, too, because, for instance, I'll, I'll just take something like patriarchy, for instance. Right. Um, a lot of people will pretend like that hasn't affected them. But I think if you grew up in America as a male, there's no way that that didn't affect you by the movies, by the magazines, by the newspaper. I mean, you know, it's always coming at us. It's coming at us. It's coming at us. Right. So unless you are willing to engage within that civil war within yourself and say, I got to push back against this. Right. And I think this is the same for anti-racism or any of these things. You can't pretend it away. Right. It's there. Uh, it exists within us. It exists within society. And you cannot say that these things don't have an influence on you. Um, ignorance is bliss. But ultimately, I think that's where we see that awakening happening now where people are saying, yeah, I have been raised with some of these uh, mm -hmm. beliefs and uh, some of these things have affected me and my views of women or my views of uh, black people or other minorities or, mm -hmm. you know, just all across the board. So um, I really hope that uh, that critical conversation piece that I say to what I do will allow people to, to say, OK, yeah, I'm, I'm going to fight this. I'm going to push back against it. I'm going to push back against these, uh, mm -hmm. you know, limiting beliefs. And so it could be personal. It could be uh, to do with society. But in whatever way, I think it always starts with the personal. I think you have to go into yourself first and um, critique yourself before you're willing to critique the world around you. But, um, you know, we would definitely see some some downfalls of people who want to talk about everything but themselves and, oh, and yeah. have that critique of themselves. But, uh, you know, so that's what I started. I started within. So just doing personal work and then um, bringing a social critique to bear within the work that I do as well has been a, been a huge part of what I do and the stories that I tell. Mm -hmm. When you just mentioned about how within your own mind, the voice in our mind can be so damaging. And if we spoke to other people the way that we often speak to ourselves, whether it's internally or actually speak out loud to ourselves, mm -hmm. we would not put up with that. Like there's no way we would. Oh, wow, but there's that's... something in us that we do it over and over again. We are so mean to ourselves. We're just, we mm. need to be so much more gentle and accepting and loving and understanding of where we're at because who we are in this exact moment is a direct, it's a result of what our entire life experiences and decisions that we've made until this exact moment has produced. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've been playing around with this idea of uh, like this framework for just becoming a, a better person, so to speak, or a better citizen in the world around you. And um, I, I try to think of it as like five pillars. So one of them I did was uh, like a moral energy, not, it could be secular or non-secular, but I, I really think there's something to the fact that uh, just treating others how you want to be treated, just this this kind of moral force um, to, to, to bring an energy to your life or just trying to do good or see good within the world around you. But another one that I had was a psychological awareness is like another pillar for just living a, a more fulfilled, a better life, right? Because you have to be aware of what's going on internally, what's going on in your mind, what 
you know, if you do have those limiting beliefs, and I think that's that's just a constant lifelong pursuit of just trying to uh, raise your your EQ, if you want to call it, or your psychological awareness, and um, you know, be more in tune with your emotions. I mean, we're 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 thinking beings, but we're also feeling beings, and I think a lot of times that the emphasis is placed on the thinking, because especially in school now. Uh, you know, you see the humanities are kind of going out the window for STEM and science and math and engineering. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think we should lose touch with that, that feeling, that human. Again, tying back to that, that uh, humanity, right? We, we don't want to lose that. We don't want to lose the artistic, the creative, the, the musical, like all those things that, that help us connect with each other. So um, I, I think there's something to all that and just really tying all that back to that uh, psychological awareness. Oof, I love that. I've had some really great conversations recently too. I'm a high school teacher. I've taught everything from like kindergarten right up through to adult education and about how much about that emotional awareness, self-awareness, self-regulation isn't in the curriculum yeah. and they're trying to implement certain things, but damn it, like that's the kind of stuff that puts you in life. <laughs> yeah, it's too, it's too slow for that to change, right? I, I actually uh, spoke to, I'm speaking to the school board about getting the humanity archive um like as part of a resource for this revamp of curriculum to do with um you know the protests right people really want more black history more diverse history in the curriculum the he's a curriculum writer for for the board and he said something very uh troubling to me he said it takes about 10 years to change the curriculum like it's a slow process right the the uh, the wheels of the the machine turn very slowly whenever it comes to the education system, and that's something that really stood out to me. Was like, like you said, we do need EQ and emotional intelligence taught in school, and somebody could have the idea, but just how long it takes for that to get implemented is, is overwhelmingly uh, bad, right? It's like, why can't we get this started yesterday? Or like, I mean, it's so important. Why are we waiting? Why do we have to wait? Like, what roadblocks are there? Who's stopping this? Like, why does exactly. it take so long to get these things implemented that we know are going to be beneficial for our, our precious youth? Yeah. And that's why I feel like when you see someone that is so heart driven and that cares about the world and the greater good in front of students, and that's the kind of teacher that you want in front of your students, you know, one that is actually modeling what it is to be a good citizen, intentionally good, inclusive being that honors other people and their own stories. Yeah. Oh. Do you think that gets stamped out at some point too, though? Because I I do see that there's like good people, right? And they go into these, uh, institutions thinking that they're going to make these profound changes and then they get in there and just what I was speaking to earlier, they see how slow the cogs of the uh, machine turn or the wheels of the machines turn and they see that, you know, they're, they're individually making progress, but just the system itself is like, mm-hmm. seems to be so broken in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's caused many a teacher to quit, probably many a law enforcement officer to quit, many a doctor to quit, you know, a nurse, um, yeah. just by seeing like, wow, I came into the system with such gusto, with such passion. Mm-hmm. And then burnout. just to see that the institution, yeah, burnout, exactly. I, I don't know if that's something you've seen at all. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. I have. Yeah. Teaching. That's another thing that I find though too is, oh gosh, I could geek out about this, but Teaching isn't what it what it used to be um, for so many different reasons. Like just even talking about that, that's such a can of worms. But <laughs> there's so much change that needs to happen in education. There is so much more support that is required for our young learners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're seeing it now with COVID too. There's a lot of conversations surrounding uh, oh, totally. who has access to resources and, yes. you know, uh, distance learning and then just the... Uh, the debacle in a lot of uh, states probably, 
I'm, I'm sure a lot of what happens up there in, uh, in Canada mirrors a lot of what happens down here in some ways anyway, as far as uh, that. But um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely been a challenge. And yeah. um, you, you love to see those good examples, though, of people who are doing it right. But mm-hmm. we definitely see a lot of examples of people who aren't doing it right as well at I the know. same time. I know. And it's, it is, it's super disappointing. Okay. Jermaine, you have said so many things. I wrote down self-awareness because your self-awareness seems super strong. And that leads me into a question about personal practices and just routines that help keep you balanced. Because when you were talking even about your five pillars, that just shows how much you think about your own mental health and well-being and how much that is important to you. I'd love to know some things that you implement into your daily routines or into your lifestyle that help maintain your best self. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, I mean, and, and it may not seem like it, but that's something that I struggle with sometimes, right? Like I, I know uh, the things that I need to do for self-care, but I'm so driven. I think that sometimes that balance doesn't really come to play because I'm, you know, I, I, wow. Yeah. I, I just really, want to see things succeed. And I don't, I don't really know what it is ultimately, but uh, sometimes I do overwork myself, right? So I think um, as far as the things that I do do though, um, of course, just the simple things, right? Like nutrition, trying to stay hydrated, different things like that. Um, trying to stay grounded as far as uh, family, friends, and then spending time there. And um, always just trying to be aware of when I've been overworking myself or, or spending too much time into any venture uh, that, that I'm in and, and knowing that I need to take a break, whether it just be going for a walk or, um, you know, hitting the gym or exercising or whatever the case may be. So uh, I think for me, it, it's bringing that awareness to self-care. And, um, you know, I've definitely bought in a lot of times to this idea of, you know, hustle, mm-hmm. work, um, work, 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 you know, work yourself 24 seven, you know, uh, and that's something that, again, that's another one of those battles within myself that I, I try to push back against every day. And sometimes I struggle with every day. It's like, okay, you don't have to, this, this hustle idea is going a little too far. Mm-hmm. You've been working till 1am and you got to get up at six. So you probably should go to bed right now, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, knowing what to do and executing it, you know, it's definitely been a, been a struggle and a challenge for me. Uh, as, as a lot of my family can attest to, <laughs> yeah. but, um, you know, it's, it's a battle that I'm fighting and I'm willing to fight and I know how important it is to have that self-care and, um, just make sure you're taking care of yourself and enjoying the process, uh, and not just looking for, for the end goal or the end result and enjoying mm-hmm. the moment. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I have three safe haven style questions for you. If you're ready for those. All right. Okay. What are you most proud of? Uh, I'm definitely most proud of, uh, just just family, really, just the, the family life that I've cultivated and, um, you know, just my kids, my, my wife, and just being within this environment with them and going through life's journey with them. Uh, so definitely proud of, of building that awesome family life that I have. Mm, so nice. What do you want to be known for? Uh, I want to be known for someone who was able to to spark the brain as I've heard before that, that was able to change the world. So I want I want to spark brains, I want to stir souls, I want to be known for somebody who who brought awareness and um you know just was a, was a great storyteller and uh who who transformed the way that we learn history. And if you had a message for everyone listening, what would it be? My message for everyone would be never stop learning. I mean, just be a lifelong learner, never stop examining the world, never stop uh learning about yourself, learning about people around you. Um, never let learning be a limitation given that we have 
such unlimited access to knowledge and understanding definitely tap into that music uh, to your advantage and to the advantage of the world. Mm-hmm. This has been awesome. I appreciate you and your time so, so much. I want to make sure that I grab your socials so that anyone listening can find you online. Where can they find you? Yeah, yeah, the Humanity Archive. Uh, just search that Instagram, the Humanity Archive, uh, Facebook, the Humanity Archive, uh, the Humanity Archive on Apple Podcasts and every other podcast player out there. So if you search that, you're sure to find me. Um, you'll see the the logo and then you know the Humanity Archive with a bunch of books behind it, and that's that's how you'll know it's me. Amazing, Jermaine. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amanda. I really appreciate you having me on. This has been great, and I love being in dialogue with you for sure. Jermaine, thank you so much for your time and for this conversation. I still really wish that we kept recording after this conversation because the deep dives that we took with our conversations afterwards about COVID-19, working from home, life balance, and the importance of proper curriculum and education were so rich. We'll have to have you back on the podcast in the future. To everyone listening, I recognize the privilege that comes with my platform and I am committed to creating an inclusive space with intention. If this episode has intrigued you or sparked some questions, please reach out. It would be so appreciated if you could take a screenshot of the screen while you're listening to this episode, send it to your friends, and share it on your social media accounts. Be sure to tag us so that we can personally thank you for it. Find Jermaine on social media and check out his super valuable resources and content. Reach out and start some really crucial conversations of your own. Deep dive into your own learnings, and I will talk to you next week.